Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Brother Paul Marich. Let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to discuss the beautiful season of Advent and some of the very unique texts that the Church gives us during this season. What's one of your favorite things about the season of Advent, Brother Paul? Well, during Advent I love, especially when we see a a changeover in the season later in Advent, Mm -hmm. and particularly at the Office of Vespers. You know, for Mm -hmm. us as Dominicans, we pray the full liturgy of the hours, and Mm -hmm. Vespers is the evening prayer of the Church. And in the the later days of Advent, Vespers takes on a very special significance with the praying of some very important prayers that are meant to be sung, to be chanted, and these, of course, are the O Antiphons. Mm. Right. Well, let's back up a little bit and talk about the two parts of Advent. Mm-hmm. There's two parts of the Advent season, right? That's right. So when we, we think about Advent as this preparation for Christmas, which it is, but if you pay attention to the prayers of Advent during Mass, to the readings, during the first couple of weeks of Advent, there's really more of a focus, not so much on Christ's first coming at his birth, but more of his second coming mm. at the end of time. Now, this really shows in a way there's a connection because when you're ending one liturgical year, say with the Feast of Christ the King or the month of November, which is focused on a lot on praying for the dead or, or, or the end of life, the end at uh, the end times, Advent really picks up with that same theme. There, there's this continuity, this focus that Christ is coming again, that we are always in a season of Advent through this life, waiting for Christ's return at the end of time. So that could really, that'll take, go from the first Sunday of Advent through December 16th, which depending how, how long your season of Advent is, it could be two weeks, it could be as much as almost three full weeks of this focus mm-hmm. on Christ's second coming at the end of time. But then we have a shift at December 17th. So we're about, at this mm-hmm. point a little over a week out from Christmas. And at December 17th, the focus now really gears up into looking at Christ's first coming. Mm. The readings at Mass are going to all be taken from, or the Gospel readings, that is, are going to be taken from the infancy accounts from Matthew and, and Luke's Gospels. The the prayers are going to be focused on this coming of Jesus, focused on his birth, and then, of course, the O Antiphon, something that is going to be really a, a significant part for the celebration of Vespers on the nights of December 17th through December mm-hmm. 23rd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, you know, the name Advent, of course, from Advenire mm-hmm. in Latin means to come. That's right. You know, Christ is coming at the end of time, which we look forward to in hope and which we profess in our creed, but mm-hmm. but he also came in, at the first time uh, at, at, at Christmas. And we usually associate Advent, of course, with that first coming, but... But it is. It's also realizing that just as the people, you know, 
in the in the years before Christ's coming expected mm-hmm. the Messiah, the anointed one to come. So we're also mm-hmm. we're not just celebrating something that happened a long time ago right. with great nostalgia. Right. We're, we're we're actually celebrating something that's still that's still to come. You know, mm-hmm. Christ is is yet to come um, at the at the second coming, but. Of course, we we can learn a lot as we wait for Christ's second coming by reflecting on how people waited for him at his first coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so often Christi- Christ, uh, uh, the uh, the Christian um, our Christian faith, our Catholic faith, gives us uh, in a sense models of how to wait, mm-hmm. models of of how to um, be that faithful remnant of people that is ready. When the Lord comes, that's right. Um, so we we of course I often think about the Advent candles. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we uh, Advent is a season in the northern hemisphere when um, it gets very dark. You know, mm-hmm. for for most of each twenty four hour t- day. You know, mm-hmm. so there's there's more darkness, and so the candles remind us of of the light that keeps vigil even in a time of darkness. Right. Um, even as as the daylight seems to be fading um, on you know over over the course of, as the days of the of the calendar year go by, mm-hmm. um, so that that light of of keeping vigil of how to keep our lamps lit, like the faithful virgins in the gospel mm-hmm. parable, you know to wait for the coming of Christ. So maybe maybe we could go ahead and start into about these these mm-hmm. texts these ancient texts right. the O antiphons right. So what you know to you know, consider this some some just general things to to keep in mind uh, when they are used, how they are prayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said earlier, the these come at during the celebration of Vespers, which is the church's evening prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is first of all an antiphon? Well, for those who pray the liturgy, the hours you may be you're, you're already familiar with antiphons. But an antiphon would be you could think of it as a short refrain mm-hmm. or a verse that is sung or recited at the beginning of a psalm or a canticle from Scripture. You could think of it, it's similar to like at, at Mass with the responsorial psalm where there's always the uh, the refrain you come back to. Now when praying the Liturgy of the Hours, antiphons are, are used at the beginning or perhaps the beginning at the end of a psalm or a canticle. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do it every... Uh, like after every verse, like you would at Mass with the responsorial psalm. But, you know, if you kind of keep that in mind, that's to think of what an antiphon is. And you have several antiphons used Mm -hmm. during during the praying of the Liturgy of the Hours, of all the offices Mm -hmm. throughout the day. Now, at evening prayer, when the church gathers for evening prayer every day, the the one constant that is sung every night or said every night is the Magnificat, Mary's Mm -hmm. Song of Praise, from Luke's Gospel, mm-hmm. throughout the church, this has been for centuries. This has been the staple of evening prayer. Mm-hmm. So the anti, the Magnificat always has an antiphon that is used mm-hmm. to introduce it, and it is on the nights of December seventeenth through the twenty third during the season of late Advent that we have what are called the O antiphons. Mm-hmm. So we know what an antiphon is. Why do we do we call it O antiphon? Well. Simply put, it's because each of them begin with the with the word "o," "o" used as evocative, this sense of like "oh come," you know, or we are you're appealing to someone. "Oh my," you know, when you say like "oh my Lord," you know, "oh my Jesus," that sense of "o" oh, not as a letter, but as mm-hmm. a word, a word of supplication, a word mm-hmm. of calling upon 
someone. So all of these O antiphons begin with that supplication, O. And they go through different titles for Jesus, for his coming, you know, throughout that first advent, that waiting for mm-hmm. him, different titles that would be given to this Messiah that was expected. So when we, that sense of, of oh, that appealing, there's that urgency mm-hmm. you know, that we're calling mm-hmm. upon the Lord. We're saying, you know, oh, my, my Lord Jesus, come now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not right. just, it's not just saying, you know, okay, I'm looking forward to Christmas, that when we think of the O antiphons, we should think of that sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. You know, please come, mm-hmm. come to save us. And that's what we see in all of these these different titles of our Lord in the O antiphons. Another thing to keep in mind, you know, the, the, our listeners today, if they, if they haven't heard the O antiphons or they may be wondering, well, what are these? They have actually more, more than likely have heard them in another context, mm-hmm. and that would be the famous Advent Christmas Carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Right. So when we, if you are familiar with this, this very beautiful, uh, this Carol, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. The, there are seven verses. Oftentimes we 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 may uh, think of just the first verse, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But there are six other verses with them, mm-hmm. and it's because all of the verses, all seven verses, are based on the seven O antiphons, mm-hmm. and so they're they're not exact. Translations again. It's based on the antiphons that you would have in the praying of the liturgy of the hours, but the song "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel" is is actually more of a popular application mm-hmm. of of the O antiphons, and that's why it's often sung during mm-hmm. vespers uh, during during that week of of mm-hmm. of late Advent, December seventeenth through the twenty third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so antiphons then are really. They're sort of like themes, you know. That's we have right. we have the Magnificat is every single day of the year, mm-hmm. you know, the Liturgy of the Hours. But but the Church also attaches different themes based on the season, or if we're celebrating a particular saint, right? You know? So the Antiphon for the Lenten season would be different than the That's Antiphon right. for the Magnificat for the Easter season. Mm-hmm. There'd be a, a probably a special there'd be a special Antiphon for a feast of a saint. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of it shows that there's a sense of continuity with the liturgy, but there's also um, change at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the feast of the season. So, the antiphons really set the tone, mm-hmm. you know, for for that season. And so, these are because the Magnificat is such an essential part of Vespers. It's it's really the one time we read the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, since that's all the other parts of, of Vespers are from, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, either the Old Testament Psalms mm-hmm. or Old Testament prophets or the New Testament letters, but the only gospel part is right. is just like in the Mass, the gospel is mm-hmm. the most Im- important part of the Liturgy of the Word. We stand for it. That's right. You know? And, you know, when we're, when we're praying the Liturgy of the Hours as Dominicans, we stand, and as right. many others, we stand right. for the Magnificat. So again, it's a very, these antiphons may seem like very insignificant, but they're actually very significant in the eyes of the Church. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory here in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Brother Paul Marich. We've been discussing Advent and especially those special antiphons for the Magnificat during the Advent season, an evening prayer called the Great O Antiphons. So what's 
in what's the first O antiphon that we do mm-hmm. on December 17th when that shift comes in the season of Advent? So when we begin the O antiphons, we start with O sapientia or O wisdom. Mm-hmm. And there's something significant about this because, you know, a lot of times when we look at the O antiphons going through them, it just seems like that they're titles of our Lord. They are based on scripture. They're, they're, most of them are going to come out of the the prophets, especially Isaiah, although they some of them come from other parts within Scripture. But when we look at the when we look at them as a whole, when we look at all of these O antiphons, starting with O sapientia, O wisdom, we see that there is action. They, they tell the story. They tell the story of salvation history, mm. going back to the beginning of creation. So why mm-hmm. does this is this the case with O sapientia? Well, we could think about how God in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth. But it wasn't haphazard. It wasn't chaos. There was an order to the creation that God established, that it was cre- created through his word. And who is the word? Christ, you know, mm-hmm. the word incarnate. So this is why there's this significance in calling Jesus wisdom. You could think of that mm-hmm. in terms of the word. But also going to a wisdom as a sign of creation, mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, wisdom, you came forth from the mouth of the Most High, that word proceeding Mm -hmm. forth, and reaching from beginning to end, you ordered all things mightily and sweetly. Which is what wisdom does. It orders things instead of like letting them stay in a chaotic state. And what we then find in the O Antiphon, come and teach us the way of prudence. And this is another thing with the O Antiphons. I mentioned in the last segment how... They all begin with this word, oh, this mm-hmm. sense of supplication in the first part of the antiphon. But then there's always a, a second little uh, uh, invocation with the word come, veni. Mm-hmm. And so the antiphon calls upon the Lord under this title but that, and, and it's with a sense of supplication, and then it will conclude with a petition to come, to, to, mm. bur- to, to usher in some aspect of our salvation. So we begin on the 17th with O Wisdom, O Sapientia. And of course, they all have traditional Latin names mm-hmm. that they may often be referred to, and then with their English translation. This moves us then to the second day, December 18th, O Adonai. Now, Adonai is, is actually a Hebrew word. It's not Latin. So the way it is often translated loosely is O Lord of Might. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just kept as Adonai because Mm -hmm. it is a Hebrew word, but understood as a ruler, a leader. And the Anaphon goes, O Adonai and ruler of the house of Israel, you appeared to Moses in the fire of the burning bush and on Mount Sinai and on Mount Sinai gave him your law. So just as with O O Sapientia, we begin in Genesis with creation. Mm -hmm. Now we move on to Moses and the giving right. of the law on Mount Sinai so that mm-hmm. the peop- from creation we now have the establishment of Israel as a nation mm-hmm. with a law, with a ruler, with a leader mm-hmm. going through salvation history. And then the next two antiphons for December 19th and for December 20th, O Radix Yesse, O Root of Jesse, mm-hmm. and then O Clavis David, O Key of David. These, of course, are making references to Jesse, the father of David, mm-hmm. and to King David himself, mm-hmm. the first of the kings of Israel. So the continuity of salvation history, mm-hmm. creation, the giving of the law at Moses, and now the kingdom mm-hmm. under 
in, in which is seen in a twofold aspect of this of the sons of Jesse and then in David himself. So O Radix Jesse, O, o root of Jesse, you stand as the ensign of mankind before kings before you kings shall keep silence, and to you all nations shall have recourse. Come save us and do not delay. That's on December nineteenth. And then we have December twentieth, O key of David and scepter of the house of Israel. You open and no man closes, you close and no man opens. Come and deliver him from the chains of prison, who sits in darkness and in the shadow of death. So, Father Stephen, if we, when we look at the history of Israel, we, of mm-hmm. course, have the kingdom. King David is the great king. He's followed by Solomon, who starts out great but then falls into sin. And then what mm-hmm. happens to the rest of uh, the, the history of the kingdom of Israel? It goes downhill. It goes downhill, and it leads to exile. exile. And this is something significant to see in our antiphon for December 21st, because as you mentioned about the darkness mm-hmm. of that, that increases during the Advent season, right. December 21st is, of course, the first day of winter. So mm-hmm. when we look at this, this unfolding of the O antiphons, creation, the law, the kingdom, the exile, mm-hmm. and we even feel this exile on December right, 21st, mm-hmm. this first day of winter, the shortest day of the year where darkness mm. seems to prevail. And in the history of Israel, darkness seemed to prevail when Israel, when the Israelites were cast out of Jerusalem, the temple was destroyed. It seemed like the end. Mm. But there's something very important about the Antiphon that day. O Oriens. Like this is another word, mm. a Latin word, there's not really an equivalent translation to it. It's sometimes translated as O Day Spring, O Rising Dawn. Oriens literally would mean the sun rising in the east. Hmm. And this entire antiphon on this darkest day of the year is all about light. Hmm. So O Rising Dawn, radiance of the light eternal and sun of justice, come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Mm. And that, of course, was the people of Israel sitting in darkness in the shadow of death. Mm. But there was always a sense of hope that in the midst of this darkness, a light would shine. And Mm. how much is that so the case for us that in the midst of darkness and sin, the light of Christ Mm. is coming? We are waiting for him to come. We see it in our own cosmos on Mm. December 21st in the midst of darkness. But now light is coming. And, of course, what happens after the 21st, after that shortest day of the year. The days start getting a little longer. The days start to get a little longer because we know that the Son of Justice is indeed coming, Christ. This brings us to the final two antiphons. On December 22nd, O Rex Gentium, O King of the Nations. And this, this one really now starts to show that after the exile, God is going to usher in a new era that will be fulfilled in Christ. And something significant in this antiphon really shows that all nations will be one mm. in this new kingdom of God. O king of the nations and desire of all, you are the cornerstone that binds, that binds two into one. Come and save man whom you fashion out of the clay. What is this two being bound into one? We could think of this as the people of Israel, the Jewish people, mm-hmm. and the Gentiles. That Christ, mm-hmm. while he was a Jew, while he was born into the people of Israel. 
he did not come only to save Israel. He came mm-hmm. to save all nations. Right. So there's this universal salvation that becomes available in Christ. Mm-hmm. So after this time of exile, what is this new hope that now shines forth? Mm-hmm. It is Christ himself who will be born for us. And then finally we come to December 23rd, which is perhaps the most well-known of the antiphons, O Emmanuel, which right. again is a Hebrew word. What does it mean? God with us. O Emmanuel, our king and lawgiver, the expected of the nations and our savior, come and save us, O Lord our God. So here we have with God with us that mm. the word incarnate, the son of God, is born in time. He takes on human flesh. He assumes a human nature in the person of Jesus Christ. And this is now the fulfillment of salvation history, going all the way from creation, the law, the kingdom, the exile, the return, and now the birth of Christ, Emmanuel. Right, right. And, uh, and, and, and the, the, the Gospels of, of Christ's infancy mm-hmm. make lots of references to those as well, which, which the Oandifons draw from. Right. You know, in, in, in Matthew's Gospel, mm-hmm. Jesus has the title Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's given, um, you know, it's, it's, it's recalled directly in the Gospel, but, right. you know, it's also at the very end of Matthew's Gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't use the word so in exactly that way, but Jesus says, I'll be with you always to the very end of the ages. God right. with us. I will be right. with you always. So that's a very important theme in the Gospel of Matthew. Also, the um, Rex Gentium, you know, the king of the nations. Mm-hmm. We see, um, again, in, in Matthew's Gospel, how the Magi are mm-hmm. among the first, that's you right. know, to, to see the light, mm-hmm. you know, the Oriens, you mm-hmm. know, the star of Bethlehem, and pursue it and bring, and bring gifts. You know, they come from far away. They're definitely not part of the chosen people, Israel, mm-hmm. but they still are, are summoned even at the very beginning of Christ's life, you know, right. to, um, to, to, to show that God has much bigger designs mm-hmm. for this child than, than simply to, mm-hmm. to make another king like King David, who is just right. the king of Israel. Right. And that's why if you go to Mass during these days of December 20th, from December 17th up until Christmas or, and, and pray Vespers, you get this whole liturgical mm. uh, you know, in, environment focused on Christ's first coming. The, the readings at Mass are going to be the readings that you mentioned and then, of course, praying the O Antiphons. I did want to mention one more thing because you know, some of our listeners may be thinking, well, you know, there's an antiphon for December 23rd. What about December 24th, Christmas Eve? Why, why haven't I mentioned, you know, an O antiphon for that day? Well, and for those who pray the liturgy hours, you would be familiar with this. The season of Advent will actually end on the evening of the 24th because when you pray Vespers on Christmas Eve, it's the first Vespers of Christmas, right. the Vigil Vespers, which happens for any solemnity uh, throughout the church's liturgical year. So the Vespers on December 24th is actually the Ves- now Vespers for Christmas. So there isn't right. an Advent Vespers. We don't have an Oantiphon. But there is something uh, very particular that has been observed throughout the, uh, throughout the centuries about all of these titles in the Oantiphons. If you take the first letter in Latin of all of the uh, all of these Oantiphons mm-hmm. and go, so that would be Sapientia, uh, Adonai, uh, that would be uh, uh, Radix Clavis, and then uh, that would be, if you spell that backwards, that's the word cross, which means tomorrow. And then if you take Oriens, Rex, Emmanuel, 
that would be the word arrow, which means I will. So if you take these two words together, arrow cross literally would mean tomorrow I come. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of seen as a theme for mm. for December 24th, is that we've, we've heard all these antiphons, and now on the 24th, our Lord is saying, I will be there, I will be there tomorrow. Right. Right. So it's as if in the first part of the Advent season that the, the church is reminding us to reflect on that Christ is going to come again. He will come again definitively you know, at the end of time to make all things new. But then in a sense, the church gives us in a way, a model for mm-hmm. how to prepare for Christ's second coming. Mm-hmm. When we look at the, you know, the, the, the last part of Advent, starting on December 17th and going right. through the 23rd, and these antiphons, again, very important themes, you know, at the, at the most, at the high point of each, each evening prayer of the church mm-hmm. during those days, really teach us how to prepare, gives us models of preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, they, and they show us, I think, for one thing, that, we, we should we should look at the scriptures, you know, and, 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 and realize that the scriptures are not just isolated, you know, books, you know, but they, they fit together. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're part of God's revelation. And you, when you read them together, you realize that from the very beginning of creation, you know, God mm-hmm. in his wisdom has ordered all things, right. you know, uh, to, 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 to lead in an orderly way um, toward the fulfillment of, 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 of his will, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of time. And we see along the way how um, you know how how God intervenes or, or comes in whether to um, you know to give the law you mm-hmm. know on Mount Sinai he you know, he comes to um, to establish a kingdom on King David mm-hmm. how he comes then to extend that kingdom beyond the chosen people to the Gentiles you know and and how Christ is the fulfillment of all of those things so so. Uh, so, Brother Paul, what would you say to our listeners in terms of how they can, you know, how, what are some practical ways they can use this, these, these texts mm-hmm. to sort of help themselves prepare for Christmas or even just for, for Christ? Right. I think, I mean, while these texts are intended to be used at Vespers, they are also prayers in and of themselves. So I think mm-hmm. if, if one doesn't pray the liturgy of the hours, you can still use these as, as prayers to meditate mm-hmm. upon, especially, you know, in the days leading up to uh, to Christmas. Uh, I know a lot of uh, families may have in the home a Jesse tree, mm-hmm. you know, which again goes to that, that antiphon, the root of Jesse, you know, right. a tree spread, a, a blossom spreading from the root of Jesse. But these might be things, that, uh, prayers that could accompany, you know, putting either ornaments on a Jesse tree or perhaps mm-hmm. opening a sometimes like an advent calendar that a different uh, a verse of preparation for the coming of, of the Messiah or even just, you know, perhaps a daily. Uh, gathering around the Advent wreath, and you could light Mm -hmm. your Advent wreath each evening and reflect upon these prayers, pray them aloud, Mm -hmm. you know, use them as a chance to to meditate. So they they can be used outside of Vespers if if you don't pray the Liturgy of the Hours. That's totally acceptable. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. I've been joined in the studio today by my confrere, Brother Paul Marich. Let's end with our prayer to Holy Father St. Dominic. O light, light of the, of the church, church, teacher of, of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen.